The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. This is the Straight Up Breakdown Podcast. Exclusively on the Herd App Media Network. Tell it to me straight up. Hello, and welcome into the Straight Up Breakdown Podcast, proudly part of the Hill Varsity Network. I am Greg Smith, your boy. It's been a case of the Mondays, friend. Um, it was a busy, busy weekend with a couple of Nebraska camps, seven official visitors in town. Um, so I've been all over the place, but I think we're rallying. I think the day is about to turn around right now because today I am joined by Saturday Out West editor and writer and Varsity Club podcast host Derek, host, Derek Peterson. Derek, how are you, man? I found out in the in the last like week that we are potentially getting a Jon Snow spinoff series. And if it does, in fact, come to be Kit Harrington is going to reprise the role. So I am feeling good. I've been smiling ever since I found out that news. Yeah, so I, I saw that, too. Um, I'm actually excited for and Of course, now I'm not going to remember the names. Is it House of Dragons that's yeah. coming out this summer. Um, the, the previews for that look really good. Um, I'm not exactly like it, it's based off the books. Right. So like people could not complain about that. Um, I think I, it's like thousands of years prior, but it's, it's yeah. the House of Dragons. Yeah, so like we'll see. Like I get t- like I loved Game of Thrones, and I don't know how if if you feel this way, I might be stepping into a rabbit hole here. But I am now to the point to where I'm over people complaining about the ending of Game of Thrones as if they did not like fully enjoy all of it, even like up to that point, and in most part, including that point. That final season had some great moments, um, but I, I'm so tired of hearing about the complaints about that. I'm in the exact same boat because I saw complaining about Game of Thrones on my Twitter feed earlier last week. And that is what prompted me to once again restart the series because like I continue to watch it even after it's ended. And I'm going to assume that a lot of people are doing the same thing. Otherwise, we wouldn't be getting multiple uh, Game of Thrones projects. Right, right. They they wouldn't just be making them for fun. They look very expensive to make. So <laughs> I don't think they would just be doing that. Um, so yeah, I, I'm totally with you on that. So I'm glad. Good. We, we have started off this pod in good fashion, agreeing about... We're always in lockstep, though. Yeah, we're always, we're always on the same team. Like, we'll, we got to find something. Yeah, we got to find something. One day, one day. Now, you guys know that we kick things off each week with Coach Speak, but I've got a fantastic opportunity for you to work for a rapidly growing company that enjoys the benefits earned with having a competitive, stable history of over 20 years. Now, that's FCS Edge, which is a leading technology innovator serving governmental agencies. Their team is constantly growing, and they're looking for people to help join their mission. Check out the available jobs now at www.jobsatfsc.com. Um, now, each week we have a couple of segments that are mainstays of the show. The first one is called Coach Speak, of course, where we go over something that a coach, player, or talking head said, and then we give you the straight up breakdown of what they meant. Coach Speak to Real Talk. Now, this week it comes courtesy of Washington Wizards, I guess, current star uh, Bradley Beal, who didn't necessarily have a 
full quote. He just kind of came out and said um, something in reaction to the fact that his contract, he can opt out of the contract. He has not demand, demanded a trade yet. People keep waiting like me, keep waiting for him to just demand a trade. Um, he's been all over the place. It feels like talking about this um, this offseason so far um, for the Wizards. And he did say that a decision has been made about his future in Washington for him, um, but he will not reveal it quite yet. So, Derek, what does that mean, that he has a decision made but won't exactly say what it is? Let's break that down. He – so I I think the reporting on this was from the Athletics' Josh Robbins, and I kept looking for, the like, the specific Beal quote, and I yeah. couldn't really find it. It just says Beal said he has made up his mind about his future, uh, but he doesn't want to – he doesn't want to speak on it now saying, and this is Robin's writing, it would be improper to discuss any potential future contract while he's still fulfilling his current contract. Um, I guess you could take like the, the pessimistic view of that, but I kind of just think I Beal is maybe just being respectful of the wizards, um, yeah. keeping those conversations private. He has a player option that he can um, opt into. I think for th- it's either 36 36- three or 36, four million for this next season. And it sounds like most of the reporting suggests that he's going to decline that, that option and enter 36, free agency. Four. Yep. 36, four hmm. decline that option and enter free. That's a lot of money and go into free agency where he could get a five year supermax from the wizards up to $250 million. So pretty much comes down to whether he wants to remain with the wizards where he spent his first 10 years in the NBA or go someplace new, which is where basically like the entire NBA public outside of Washington has wanted him to go for the last three or four years. Um, I think like you're seeing more and more like athletes being like, you know what? I'm going to value loyalty. Thinking about Damian Lillard in Portland. Mm-hmm. Like, I kind of wonder if maybe Bradley Beal isn't going to be like, you know what? Okay. 250 mil is a nice starting point. You can figure out the rest. I'll stick around. And maybe he just wants to not have this whole media circus around because when is free agency open? Is it before or after the draft? Maybe he, if, if it's after the draft, maybe he just doesn't want this media circus around what Washington's going to do for the draft and just wants them to be able to focus on stuff. I don't know. I feel like he's a, he's a pretty um, organization focused guy or a pretty team focused guy because for years and years and years, we've heard about how Bradley Beal should ask out from Washington and he keeps not doing it. So, like, I kind of wonder if he's just like him. He he cares about the organization. Like, I think that that might just be part of it. Yeah, it's I don't want to say it's weird, but it is a little bit weird to me um, with this whole situation, because I, I I agree with a lot of what you're saying, that it does feel like he values being loyal to the organization and giving them, I guess, every opportunity to make it work or to figure it out. Right. And so, it, like, I think for him, after now being there 10 years, not being disgruntled, not or at least publicly not being disgruntled, definitely not asking out for it with a trade and re-signing that was a two-year extension a couple of years ago like it feels like he wants to give the wizards every opportunity to make it right the problem is i'm not sure how in the world you can have faith that the wizards are going to actually turn this around and put a team around him like and and what and the reason that that kind of came to me i'm kind of looking stuff up ahead of this pod is that man i didn't realize that he was going into his 11th season 
Like, first of all, where did the time go? Second of all, that's not an insignificant amount of time to try and, quote, get it right, right? Like, I just think that it's been a long time, and it's not necessarily through his fault that they have not taken really any steps forward um, as an organization. Like, I just don't know. How, like, and it, it also comes down to what ultimately, what does he value if for his NBA career, because I, and I don't, I, I, I saw this somewhere and I, I cannot remember if it was him that actually said this or it was someone else that says you, there's a lot of things that go into some of these free agency decisions when you're thinking about whether or not to leave a franchise or not. And some of that ends up being tied to like your family. Do you like the community? Are you doing a lot of community work in the area, which I believe he does like all of those things. And like being kind of a Washington legend, if, even if you don't end up winning does have some value you as well so ultimately i'm kind of talking myself into either side here um but i it's still odd because i think that we he's in the, a situation where he bradley beal is very very good and he's an all-star caliber player and i wonder if he was on a better team if people would realize or think that he's even better but i don't know if that matters to him or it matters to us you asked about community service i mean the the story from the athletic that this like quote from Beal came from was he was at a uh, uh, Saturday afternoon. He was at a basketball on a refurbished basketball court near Howard university for the dedication of two basically public courts for kids to use. Um, And it was in celebration of Juneteenth. I mean, he's, he's pretty involved in that area. And like, I, I, Everybody knows who Bradley Beal is. I don't think like visibility is an issue for him. This is not like, like, I don't think that this is a situation like Anthony Davis in New Orleans. I think they're different situations. Like, Uh and also the other thing too, is when I went and looked at the wizards last 10 years with him, I was expecting like three, four, five coaches. Wes Unseld is only his third coach that he's had. They had Randy Whitman and then they had Scott Brooks and they won 40 games every year under Whitman, except for the first year. Scott Brooks won 40 games twice, and then they just held on to him too long. They've made the playoffs five times in his 10 years. They had to deal with, like, John Wall's injury situation. They've reshuffled the roster a, quite a few times, actually, in his mm-hmm. 10 years. I mean, they had the the Paul Pierce, Otto Porter kind of <laughs> situation. They had Beal and John Wall. Then they had Beal and Russell Westbrook, and then it was just Beal last year. Like, you know, it's not like like, and it's also different from Portland in the sense where, like, you look at the iterations of the Portland teams that Damian Lillard has been on. It's really been CJ McCollum and Damian Lillard for years and years and years, and they've just yeah. tried to fill in ancillary pieces. Like Washington has done other stuff, um, and you talk about like how much confidence do you have in their ability to put a team around him? I mean, Daniel Gafford was a really good signing for Tommy Shepard this past. Yeah. signing a trade whatever however they got him it was it was a good acquisition for for their gm so um i'll be curious to see what happens because he could be really good but also also Uh-oh. there was reporting that they want uh that they would like to pair shea gilgis alexander with bradley beal to which i would just like to say I am so happy that we have once again reached this point in the NBA season <laughs> the NBA calendar where everybody looks at the Oklahoma City Thunder and says, well, they're just going to sell all of their guys for, for future first-round picks because that's the play and completely ignore what's actually happening 
I, I'm so happy that we're back here. Love it. I love this time. I, I'm glad you brought that up because I had not planned on talking about this, but I actually, I saw the Thunder involved. I should have sent it to you. I saw that, that people were saying the Thunder will be perfect third, a perfect third team for teams like the Lakers that want to facilitate deals um, because they have so many picks. And I feel like the Thunder are just always thrown into these things now, like no matter what the situation is. So like whether it's being a third team as a facilitator of a trade, someone that's going to continue to sell off picks like what or players, whichever way you want to like say the thunder are going to be like without actually like you said looking at the situation um that's what just kind of happens Thunder are always getting talked about in that way and it's just odd so but my question for you as an avid thunder fan though is are you have we reached the point though where they're going to package these picks to make a big move that's the thing that i'm waiting for i'm not necessarily waiting for them to like trade sga or anything like that i'm ready for them to package to make a big move to bring someone else there the majority opinion right now in Oklahoma City seems to be that everybody thinks that they're still that everybody the perception of where Oklahoma City is at is different from where Oklahoma City appears to actually be at, which is funny, mm-hmm. and that's why I'm I'm very much enjoying this this time period, even though I said it kind of sarcastically, um, because people think that Oklahoma City is still in the we're going to trade all of our players so that we can get future first round picks. We're in like pick acquisition mode when. The Jamichael Green trade with Denver recently signaled that they are in a vastly different operating mode. Mm-hmm. They are now in pick consolidation. They got too many picks in the first round, this draft, and they're trying to consolidate what they have. And so they're bringing mm-hmm. stuff and sending picks out so that they can kind of consolidate. Because they've got, I think they had like four or five um, like high-level draft picks, a couple in the few in the first, and then a couple early in the second that they're they don't have roster spots for, so they're trying to figure it out. Um, I I would think that if like we're getting Chet or uh, Jabari, that we're probably closer to the big trade than we are to the we're sending Shea somewhere for you know a twenty twenty seven first round draft pick. Uh, which which pick do you want? I'm not asking. I want so which, which gun do you want? Okay, I want Paolo. Okay, like I'm fine with Chet. I'm I'm fine with Chet, but I want Paolo. <laughs> I think pa- Paolo and and SGA together would be so fun. Yeah, I think that that would be a good time. Like I, I'm kind of with you on that. Um, I I feel like I'd have to talk myself into Chet. Like I just. I don't know, like, he, I, and I, it's, I know it's the thing, but he's so small, like he's just very thin. Like, I, and it, it worries me in the NBA. Like, I get it, a lot of skill there, um, but that really worries me. They'd be all in on the funky, unconventional body types if they, yeah. if, and I guess when they go with Chet, um, and like my Oklahoma City fan friend buddy that I talked to, um, who actually works with me um he i i we talk all the time about how like i'm scared of chet's size because of poku and he just gets mad at me it was like he's he's three four five times as skilled as poku is so chill (laughs) okay we'll see i want paolo though i want a paolo jersey that's what i want Oh, that would be fun. That would be really fun. Now, speaking of fun, uh, Steph Curry always has a lot of fun uh, when he's out there on the basketball court, and he led the Golden State Warriors uh, to another uh, NBA championship last week. Um, I, 
Here's the thing about the the Steph Curry discourse, and I've kind of been on this roller coaster as it relates to him myself. So I I, I can say this confidently. I, I was not a how do I say? I, I was not a Steph fan in the way that I'm like, oh man, he needs to be on all these all time great lists, and like he's so good, and blah blah blah. Like I I really was on the you know he just runs around and shoots a bunch of threes, um, train like that was my thing. I feel like I'm changing that a little bit. And so what I want to talk to you about is, is am I crazy in this? Were you already on this train? Like, did this finals change anything for you? Um, because as silly as it kind of sounds when you say it out loud, I do think that the finals MVP um, win and discussion mattered, um, especially when you're talking about the rare air that people were trying to place him in. I, I'm kind of looking at Steph a little bit differently. Am I crazy? Okay, so I'm very happy that this is the direction that you wanted to take this. Because when you said we're going to talk about finals, I was thinking there's a bunch of different storylines we could talk about. We could talk about Jason Tatum and the work that he needs to do to become a superstar. <laughs> we talk about how Boston is a point guard short. We could talk about Kevin Durant. Yeah, we could definitely. The only story worth talking about right now is Steph Curry belongs in the top 10 greatest players of all time. He is one of the 10 greatest players of all time. Today, finals MVP in hand, one of the 10 greatest players in the history of the NBA. And I don't know how you make a case that he (laughs) doesn't belong there. It. This makes me really uncomfortable. I'm not going to lie. And I think it's it's it, because here's my thing. And this is always my thing. Man, I'm, I'm, I got my thinking cap on because now I'm like, who do you take out? If I'm pu- I'm putting Steph in the top 10, someone has to come out. Um, and I'm just not sure. Like, and I feel like, and I don't know, maybe this used to be this way in baseball where like these all-time discussions were like such a big part of the discourse around baseball and it was like hollowed ground. I feel like the NBA has kind of replaced that. So long as you can actually like admit that there is some fluidity to it um, and, and it doesn't have, like, I feel like the discourse around it sometimes gets weird, but for this sake, it won't. Um, I, I'm just trying to figure out where so then okay let's start here so then is he this is he now the second or first greatest point guard ever then okay so andre iguodala said after the finals that steph's the greatest point guard of all time you being your the lakers guy i'm the 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 other guy in the conversation is is undoubtedly magic right like we're we're in agreement yeah yeah it has to be yeah it has to be okay (laughs) yeah um I don't know. Could we do 1A, 1B? We could. And part of this is, like, part of it, honestly, is that it it's two totally different play styles um, in two totally different eras. Like, it, and it, it, to me, that's what makes it a little bit hard to compare and why I'm actually almost, I think I am in favor of the 1A, 1B situation in that because they're just so much different players. And I heard Shannon uh, Sharp talking about how, you know, they could just call Steph uh, a two guard because that's essentially what he is. Um He's a point guard. He brings the ball up. He gets assists. Like he is the point guard of that team. Uh, so I can't fully go there. I do think that the contrast in play styles and how, like, we when we think of Magic, 
we think obviously pass first, showtime, getting up and down the court and making great passes. And we think Steph, we think the shimmy, we all the threes, like revolutionizing the game, like ushering in a total new generation of guys that shoot from where he shoots from. Um, and so it's just different. So I, I, I could go with the 1A, 1B situation. So the way you just described Steph is the perfect – it's the perfect argument for why he belongs among some of the greatest – players of all time i mean there you could probably find golden state fans or golden state bias nba fans out there that would say he belongs top five um he so a couple things he this nba finals this series they went in six games he became the fourth player all time to average 35 and five over an nba final series he joins michael jordan he joins LeBron James and Jerry West. The difference, the Steph difference, is that he's the first player in NBA Finals history to average 35 and 5 while also averaging five three pointers made a game. He, he, he completely changed basketball. And when you talk about like magic, and the way Magic sort of revolutionized things, or the way the Showtime Lakers revolutionized things, it's why, like, when it starts to veer into the, would you prefer Magic or would you prefer Steph? I would almost be like, I don't want to have that conversation because they both should be in a top 10. I would much rather say, I'd much rather structure the conversation, Steph is in, pick the other nine spots. As opposed to who we got to take out to put Steph in. Steph belongs in. Let me run through this man's resume real fast. He is an eight-time All-Star. He is an eight-time All-NBA selection, including four times on the All-NBA first team. He is a two-time NBA scoring champion. He is a four-time NBA champion. Finally has his finals MVP. He's a two-time NBA All-Star or uh, NBA MVP including the first MVP in the history of the league to be a unanimous, got every single vote, selection as the MVP. He is the NBA's all-time leader in career three-pointers made, and he achieved that milestone by absolutely obliterating the pace of the former guy. I don't have the number in front of me, but he did it in a ridiculous amount of time. Um, and... The thing that you said, it's it's his biggest argument. He changed basketball. He changed the way offenses conceptualize attacking a defense. He changed the way defenses have to operate. He changed the way 10-year-olds play basketball. He changed the way high schoolers play basketball. He changed the way the college game plays basketball. He changed the way the NBA thinks about basketball. He changed basketball in a way that few other people have and so when he was winning those initial titles i think everybody was like yep this is great but he's small he's you know he's got frail ankles he's a liability on defense because teams keep targeting him then kevin durant came and there was the conversation of is this Kevin Durant's team? Is this Steph Curry's team? And then they won titles and Kevin Durant got finals MVP and Steph didn't. And everybody said, well, maybe it's Kevin's team or, you know, who makes it easier on who? And we had that conversation. Steph, 
I need to pull this up because I had this in front of me. Um, Steph's on-off numbers were ridiculous in this final series. Let me see if I can find this. Uh, when he was on the court during the finals, the Warriors often scored 115.8 points per 100 possessions. That's in 225 minutes on the court. In his 109 minutes off the court, Golden State's offense scored 88.6 points per 100 possessions. Oof. He they they retooled once Kevin Durant left, and they developed Andrew Wiggins really well. That story is is a really good one. Clay Thompson came back. They got Gary Payton, who did pretty well. But it, it's this is Steph. This is the Steph show. This is this finals was about. This is how good Steph Curry is on an, on an individual level. This is how otherworldly and phenomenal Steph Curry is. And so Greg Smith, my Laker fan, I love you. But if I got to pull Magic Johnson out of a top 10 to put Steph Curry in the top 10, we would have a conversation about it. I don't know that you're necessarily pulling him out. We we would we there's somebody else we got to find, but I I do think that Curry has made the greatest point guard ever conversation a lot more interesting than I would have ever thought that we'd be saying, especially coming from me. Um, And I can't disagree with anything that you laid out, especially about and what keeps sticking with me. And this is something that I feel like we're going to talk about more and more as time goes on after he retires. All of that is the impact that Steph Curry had in changing the game. And there are only a handful of players in the, the history of the sport that you can really say had that type of impact. And that often becomes a separator, right? It's honestly a part of the separator when you talk about Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant, right? That's part of the separator is that Michael came first. He revolutionized all of these things. And so that ends up being part of it. And so I think that Steph is going to end up having that trump card, so to speak, in, in on his resume for a long time uh, because he's just you can just go look like just go watch a college game or a high school game or what like youth basketball and see the Steph Curry shoes and, and jerseys and how kids are trying to shoot. And, and you just see it all over the place. And I do. I think that that impact of the sport matters a whole lot. And that's beyond just the fact that he's been great, right? Like there's really no denying um, just how great that he's been on the court. And I also think that one thing that you didn't mention is that his longevity with the Warriors in a time where people are kind of bemoaning the super team and folks teaming up and all of that stuff and his ability or desire to stay there when the initial championship go through the Kevin Durant stuff, come out of the other side of it and win another one, I think is going to be viewed very favorably by people. Now you're still going to have like this, a segment of kind of old head NBA people that are going to like, kind of like, eh, he just shoots like yada, yada. I think you're, I and mean, I think like the Charles Barkley's of the world, like those folks are going to be, I think always a little bit salty about what Steph brings to the table. But it's just it's just hard 
to leave him out of that top 10 discussion now and to try to minimize what he's done. Like, he, he's just so great. <laughs> he just really is. And to be honest, like, him winning this finals with the versions of the version of Clay Thompson and Draymond Green that you got <laughs> in this finals. And I know Dray- Draymond had a good game in that last game. He was awful for good stretches of these playoffs. Clay was kind of off and on, and it just wasn't the same. And I don't want to, like, be down on Clay because he missed so much time. Um, but I think that also adds to it because this, like you said, this was the Steph Curry finals. Yeah. Um, the other thing that I wanted to real quick mention the, wow, he just shoots argument is always um, sort of a, a funny one to, to just dismiss because what's the most important skill in basketball today? Shooting. <laughs> Shooting. Yeah. Yeah. The most important skill in this version of the game happens to be the skill that he has mastered. He is the best at shooting that we have ever seen in this game. So that's, that's all, you know, I just always like, I mean, okay, but like shooting is pretty important, you know, especially if you're shooting threes, <laughs> that's pretty important. Um, the other thing that I wanted to mention, he's 33. Mm-hmm. He's got four NBA titles to his name. This window doesn't look like it's closing anytime soon. They got Andrew Wiggins, who plays well. Uh, Jason Tatum is going to see Andrew Wiggins in his in his nightmares. <laughs> yes, he for is. The next few months, um, he's going to open like the pantry door, and he's going to seal. He's going to see Andrew Wiggins like stealing the box of Cheez-Its that he's pulling out. Um, they've got a, a couple pieces. Jordan Poole, who's fun. They like they they thread this needle of retooling while sort of keeping the way that they wanted to play sort of integral to what they were trying to do, managing injuries. I mean, they really, this wasn't like a rebuild. This wasn't, it wasn't even like a reload. They just kind of like steadied the ship after Kevin Durant left and and weathered the storm. And it looks like they could win a, a few more, especially because Steph's game is just not going to age. Like, as long as he sticks with the conditioning regiment that he currently deploys, I mean, it, it's not. It's just not going to age. Like, it's not going to get. It's not going to. De- when is it? De- when is it going to decline? When he's thirty-eight? Like, that's still two or three more years of getting elite level stuff. Relocation threes, pull-up threes. He shot like forty-eight percent on pull-ups in his final series. <laughs> it's absurd. They can win another two. They can win another one or two. If he gets to six, what happens? If he gets to six NBA titles, what happens? Well, there's also the the what is going to happen with James Wiseman situation. Like, like if people like, I honestly forgot he was there, um, and I think he's on track to be healthy for training camp. Um, and it in the the thing that that Steph is also he, what Steph's greatness allows them to do is these guys don't have to be superstar level players, right? If you just have the right complementary pieces, which is one of, which is part of what Wiseman was supposed to bring to the table is that he would help them out in a complimentary way while he kind of got his bearings in the NBA. He can still do like all of the things that we just saw him do in the final, like you said, for years to come, like that is what's going to be fun. Now you're going to have to, I don't know what's about to happen with Clay and Draymond and kind of their falling off, especially Draymond. Um, so I don't know how you continue to, to roll with him. And he's someone that uh, diminishes. 
Oh boy. Well, I mean, if you, if you want the ultimate rehab project, you figured out how to rehab Andrew Wiggins. If you figure out how to rehab Ben Simmons, uh, just go ahead and put, put everybody in the Hall of Fame. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's just going to be a, a really interesting thing to see moving going forward because I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I don't think that his window is particularly closing, but you, we got to see what some of those other pieces continue to do around him, um, but they don't have to do as much because he's so great now. One of the things, though, the other things I wanted to talk to you about, and this actually came up this morning, um, Shams had a report in The Athletic, um, one of his pieces, that the Nets and Kyrie Irving are at a, quote, impasse when it comes to his long-term contract. Um, the June 29th deadline is, is looming here, uh, where he can either opt in or opt out of his $36.9 million player option for the 2022-2023 season. And of course, the Lake, the Lakers, the Knicks um, are interested. Uh, the headliners here that are interested in, in the Clippers and bringing in Steph Curry. Should he decide um, that he's no longer going to be, or sorry, Kyrie Irving? Um, everybody wants Steph Curry. No longer, yeah, yeah, everybody wants Steph Curry. I would love to have him with the Lakers running around with LeBron. I wish LeBron would stop dropping hints that he wants to play with the Warriors, but that's besides the point. Um, <laughs> Kyrie Irving, team, Lakers, Knicks. Clippers lining up to get him if he so chooses uh, to leave the Nets. What do, what do I make of this? I, first of all, can I just say right real fast off top, I do not want this to happen for the Lakers. I had a almost had a nightmare scenario thinking about having to rely on Kyrie Irving and Anthony Davis to come to work every night. Like, I, I just don't I, – I can't do it. I don't want that stress in my life. I really don't. So what, what am I supposed to make of all this situation between Irving and the Nets? What you're supposed to make of it is you are supposed to be crossing your fingers, crossing your toes, every single thing that you can possibly cross and hope and pray to the Lord's above that we can get a Kyrie Irving for Russell Westbrook trade so that we have Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant on the same team again. <laughs> this version that of Russell part, Westbrook. Which, that part which of it Kevin would be Durant, funny. Kevin Durant would, would hate this version of Russell Westbrook infinitely like a billion times more than he hated the Oklahoma city version of Russell Westbrook. It would be, it would be incredible to watch. And I say that as somebody who loves Russell Westbrook, um, this was going to Kyrie Irving was going to be, can I, can can we just do like the put him on blast now? Like this is my put him on blast. Like Kyrie can do your put him on blast. Put them on blast. I saw a video of Kyrie, um, at a USA basketball training camp years ago. This was young Kyrie. And he's just weaving in and out like every he's he takes the ball from one baseline to the other, gets an easy layup. And in the process, like pirouettes and spins and goes in and out of like every single defender on the court. No one could keep him in front of them. And I saw the video and the video ended. And the first words out of my mouth was, damn, he was great before he got all weird. (laughs) Like. If we could get that Kyrie back, that'd be great. Maybe that's the Kyrie that Kevin Durant thought he was signing up for. But that Kyrie's not here anymore. Kyrie's weird now. And, like, I don't want to, like, I don't want to, even if I disagree with some of the stuff he says, I don't want to, like, I guess disrespect him by saying that he's, out there or dumb or any of the other stuff to get said about Kyrie. But I just question how important basketball is to him at the end of the day and, and everything else that he has going on in his life and everything else that he cares about. I just question how important basketball is to him. 
And for a team that's trying to win an NBA title, which by the way, is fine. It's fine. But for a team that's trying to win an NBA title, you need your max level players. I don't know if he's a superstar anymore, but he's certainly going to command max dollars. You need those contracts to be 82 games in the regular season, 16 games in the postseason. You need those guys and you need 1000% of them for all 82 games. Steph is going to give you a thousand percent every single time. He's going to be on the court unless you physically drag him off the court because you think it's detrimental to his health. And like, like, I don't know that Kyrie is at, like you said, you don't want to have to rely on Kyrie Irving and Anthony Davis to show up to work every day. Like the big knock on Kyrie Irving is that you don't know if he's going to show up to work every day. And like, if he's got other stuff going on and basketball is just not as important to him, maybe don't ask for max money. Maybe restructure the contract. Maybe do something different. Um, Maybe retire from basketball for a little bit. So you can figure out if it's actually something that you want to do. But this sort of like stringing teams along situation that we got going on is just not, it's not um, fair to any of the parties involved. Because it also labels Kyrie as this like terrible, horrible, awful person, which I don't think he is. I think he's a thoughtful dude. I disagree with some of the stuff he says, but I don't think he's like a horrible person. I don't think he's like a narcissist or a horrible person. Any of the stuff that gets said about him, it's just the way that like this is all played out is just not, it could have been done better. Yeah. And I think that to the point about him showing up to work, he's, he's played in 103 of 216 regular season games while in Brooklyn. Like, I mean, <laughs> that, that's not good. But when he's out there, he's averaged 27.6 assists and three rebounds. And I think shot 40, yeah, and shot 40% from three. Like, it's well, just, and that Kyrie, like, they mortgaged their future to get that Kyrie and then put James Harden next to him. Right. Like, they sold off their future to have that guy because they were relying on Kyrie to be there. Which is going to be, which it feels like either way, we're coming to an end or a different chapter of this whole Nets thing. And I feel like at some point we're going to come to grips with the fact that it feels like they've made all the wrong decisions as it comes to building this thing and going from a team that was fun and upstart to this version of this failed super team that can't make it um, to the second round of the playoffs or out of the second round of the playoffs. Like, I feel like we should talk about that more, and that time is coming um, because as, when we get to this next chapter, if, if Kyrie leaves or whatever, like we're going to end up talking about that a lot more because that has gone horribly. Like as much as we talk about like the Lakers and the situation where like oh they've only won one championship in this Anthony Davis LeBron James pairing and they mortgaged the future and traded these guys like only won one championship versus not ever making it to the Eastern Conference Finals is what we're talking about here like I don't, like at some point we're gonna have that discussion right um, but back to Kyrie it's also highly ironic that if it were to even even if it comes close to happening where Kyrie ends up with the Lakers, and I expect that talk to continue until he has a, a new destination or resigns with the Nets. It'll just be the way that it is, is that he didn't have to leave LeBron James in the first place. 
he that was the beginning of we're talking about kind of like Kyrie is weird. Um, that was kind of the beginning. And the thing that always sticks out to me, do you remember when um I forget it which reporter it was asked him about like LeBron being a father figure to him? Um, and Kyrie was like, Well, I have a father and his name is well, like all of that stuff. That felt like that was the beginning of the end of that kind of LeBron Kyrie situation. And they both kind of talked about this a little bit um since then and both saying <laughs> admitting that Kyrie could have been been uh, m- more mature in that situation but it's not just that situation he also blew up the boston thing and the team has now become better and going to the finals that they just lost to the warriors without him like i, I don't know i don't want to say that he's a bad guy either but at the same time we can at least admit that he's hard to get along with like something is obviously there when it comes to him and you see some of it um and just said kind of some of his behavior but like he's just a weird dude i think that's just the best way to describe it and i don't know if i want to count on and commit max dollars to someone that i would first describe as a weird dude so i understand why the nets are kind of reluctant to do that well let's just put it this way you and i get along we get along well we agree on stuff we can enjoy talking to each other None of that changes, but let's say hypothetically, we're still working together. Mm. Nothing else has changed, but I just decide that like during the season, I just don't want to show up for two out of the four or five media availabilities every week. And I'm just not showing up like you're going to get pretty annoyed with me. We're not going to be talking as much. (laughs) We're not going to be like texting, texting back and forth. Like Joe, did you see this on? We're not going to be doing stuff like that. You're going to be pretty annoyed Mm. with me. And, And when you do see me, it, the relationship is going to be different that I might still be the same kind of person. I've just decided I just don't want to go to a media <laughs> availability. Like that's the situation that you got here. Like, and it, it, the fact that we had golden state and we had Boston in this finals makes what's happening in Brooklyn so much juicier because you can sit mm-hmm. there and say, is the, is Kevin Durant's decision to leave the warriors? Like one of the five worst decisions in sports individual decisions in sports history. Like it's up there. Like he's, he's got this guy in Kyrie that he wanted to play with, that he's close with. How has that relationship changed over the last two years or however long it's been? And now he gets to watch the team that he went to because he wanted to win NBA titles with continue to win NBA titles without him. And he's sitting at home. I've been there for a long time. (laughs) <laughs> he's been at home for a long time <laughs> he went out very early um yeah it, it's just a that and that is like and i kind of wonder sometimes and, and this is something else that does not get talked about and i still think that that kevin durant in part like yes he wanted to go play with Kyrie Irving. he wanted to to be out of golden state it feels like he also made that decision in part to set up business ventures and to per, like pursue all of that and to push his career after basketball for forward even more which again is his right but i feel like those things don't like it doesn't ever come up right like and i don't think that we've because kevin durant is so great i don't think that we kind of conceptualize enough just how bad of a decision that just was like it really was like even if you just say i made the decision to hitch my wagon to kyrie irving versus hitching it to steph curry like when you just say that it's like uh, uh. and that's even without hindsight right like even without knowing how, what all transpired like we would have said we should have said that then and some did 
And so it's just a weird situation, man. And I, I feel like there's a lot of regret on all sides um, from both of those guys. And I wonder if it wouldn't just be best for them to part ways at this point. I just don't know if, if Kevin Durant can come out and say that at this point either. Like it would just be weird if he comes out and says it. His legacy would get shredded if he went to another team. It, I mean, it would be done and dusted. Like we wouldn't talk about Kevin Durant. Like Because like five years ago, we were talking about Kevin Durant as as number two behind LeBron James, yeah, like there would be we'd be so far removed. But it, okay, you can you can pick Kevin Durant up and just drop him onto any team, any other team in the NBA, not the Lakers, any any the twenty eight other teams in the NBA. Who would you want to see Kevin Durant with? My very first gut reaction thought was Portland, and Ooh. in part, in part because I still would like to see. Lillard get another like high level star player with him. Um, yeah, Portland would, would probably be my pick. You know who I would want to see him? I would want to see a Michael Porter Jr. for Kevin Durant base trade to get Kevin Durant to Denver. Okay. So you got a big three of Jokic, Durant, and Jamal Murray. That's what I want to see. That would be pretty fun. I don't think you could get Kevin Durant without giving up Jamal Murray in the trade, too. Yeah, but just like a Jokic Kevin Durant front court pairing would be very fun. It would be like I could I could get with that. Yeah, I think both both are both are worthy. Yeah. Also, the Lakers are interested in Kyrie, or the Lakers are linked to Kyrie. Are, is him and LeBron are they good now? Ah. Uh. <laughs> that's a good question i do not know but i don't know if uh, like do we even get to this point where they're linked without lebron being good with it or is I mean, lebron is lebron good with it because he'd like to be not good with russell westbrook anymore like <laughs> he would have to be involved like is that what's driving it i don't know i guess I, I, maybe that's what it is it's more of the lesser of two evils type situation in lebron's mind i don't know Man, LeBron is over here. Like, I just got to find two guys that I can play next to for more than two years that aren't going to, like, break midseason. Meanwhile, he's looking up the road at Steph Curry and Golden State and being like, can I just have that, please? Just, like, for can – I, can I just have – you know, I wonder if he regrets leaving Miami. Man, I don't know. See, the, pro- the problem <sighs> – if they had not won that title in Cleveland – Maybe, maybe, but I don't. Could, but the he, pro- could he have won a title in Cleveland at a later time, though? Yeah, probably. I mean, if he won the one with the Lakers, he could have still won one later with, with Cleveland. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would say so. That's, that's going to be a very interesting post-career, like whenever he writes the biography or whatever comes after his playing career is done, the mm-hmm. Miami conversation. This is, I mean, this is. This is another point in favor of Steph's all-time greatness is like you just look at his impact throughout the rest of the league. Everybody's just chasing Steph in one way or another. Like I imagine LeBron is like, I just want to be in a situation like that, and I can't have it because Anthony Davis won't show up and hasn't shot a basketball since April. Come on, man. (laughs) Come on, man. Like I, no, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. I one day make it through the pod without yelling about the Lakers. Um, 
but please pick up a ball, Anthony. Thank you. I would appreciate. Um, yeah, it, it's just it, there's a lot. I think that this this offseason, again, and I feel like I say this every year with the NBA has a has a big implications, and there could be a lot of stuff. There are other like smaller pieces that could end up being bigger things. Like I saw the report about the Pacers and, and Miles Turner and Brogdon being on the block and all of that. Like, I still think they could help a team um, down the road, but they're obviously not on the star level as some of these other guys were talking about it. There's a lot to come this NBA offseason. I cannot wait to, to see it all unfold. Those uh, those guys, Miles Turner and Malcolm Brogdon, those guys have been on the trade block longer than Bradley Beal has <laughs> been unhappy in Washington. My goodness. <laughs> Yes, one day they'll actually get traded. Uh, but since we put Kyrie Irving on blast, that, that is going to do it uh, for us today. Uh, subscribe to the podcast everywhere you can listen to them. Rate us and re- leave us a five-star review. If you only leave four, I'm inclined to think you're a hater and nobody wants that. Make sure you're listening to the other uh, podcasts on the Hill Varsity Network, the Mind Your Own Podcast, Varsity Club, Nebraska Preps Post Game Show, and the Hill Varsity Radio Show. You can also catch us on YouTube, uh, on the Hill Varsity YouTube page. I am back on there with another recruiting question video of the week thank you very much for watching this show on youtube if you've done that uh, make sure you like and subscribe to the channel you can find us on twitter at greg smith hb and at dr underscore pd i will catch y'all next week a huda media production